0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones Who cry to him day and night will he delay long in helping them I tell you he will quickly grant justice to them and yet when the Son of Man comes will he find faith on earth the gospel of the Lord
1: After being up here in the Northwest for quite a few many years, uh, Jesus' words about not losing heart are particularly poignant after the Mariners' 18-inning loss last night or yesterday. And, of course, I know there's one Yankee fan out here, and they didn't have a very good day either. So how can we not lose heart? And Jesus' question at the end is just very haunting almost. Nevertheless, all of this be true. Will the Son of Man find faith when He returns? Let us pray. Gracious God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in Your sight and fruitful for our faith. We pray this in Your name. Amen. What does faith look like? Jacob wrestles with God. Is that what faith looks like, or Jacob believes he wrestles with God? And he says, I've wrestled, and yet my life has been preserved, a life preserver. And he clung to that man in a wrestling match, and he wouldn't let go till he was blessed. Is that what faith looks like? Is it like the widow who continues to cry out to an unjust judge, And is so persistent, and then we hear actually good news from Jesus that, hey, if that's true, even more so since our God is a just and righteous and good judge, will He not bring righteousness and justice speedily? Well, yes, that's what faith looks like to some degree, isn't it? But the problem here, of course is the word speedily. Like if you were a Mariners fan and you heard the promise that God will bring a championship speedily and now it's been 18, 19 years, 21 years since we've, you know, been there and we finally made it and yet a disappointing end. That's the last time I'll talk about the Mariners. I'm just getting some therapy out here You know, so I'm using you as my counselor, okay? So I'm sorry, that was not appropriate, so. It's a timing issue, though, when it comes to not losing heart. Because as we look and we listen to the evening news, as we look and see our hospital locally, you know, in horrible shape because of a ransom attack, of a cyber attack, As we look around at all the pain and the cancer and the struggle and the brokenness, we cry out to God, and we are told by Jesus that how much more will God bring righteousness and vindication to His elect, to His chosen, and He'll do it speedily. I can trust that God's going to do it, but the speedily part is the problem, right? We as human beings wrestle with God's sense of timing. Now, I know there's a couple ways to deal with this. The first option is like we hear in the epistle of Peter, where we're told that a day to the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years a day. And so God's timing is not our timing. I mean, the people languished in slavery in Egypt for how many years? Four hundred, some? And so, yes, we hang on and we we have to kind of let go of our timeline and trust that God is faithful. But maybe there's another way to look at this. And let's just take Jesus at His Word. He said God will bring it speedily. So how is it that possibly God did that in Christ Jesus already, speedily, right now? In fact, already happened this morning. God brought God's justice speedily. Next week, you'll hear what comes right after this gospel reading, and it's that famous Pharisee and the publican praying at the temple, and the, the publican, and you know, Jonathan's preaching next week. I think you're doing the Old Testament, so that's all right, right? All right? Anyway, well, anyway, you'll now you have to. No, I'm just kidding. No, but just to whet your appetite for next week, the Pharisee Praise God, thank you that I'm so good and that I'm righteous and that I'm not like these Gentiles and I'm not this and I'm not that and thank you and he just goes on like this. And then the publican stands far off um, and prays, God, I've messed up. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And he's just pouring out his heart and he's, he's confessing really his sin and how far he's missed the mark. And Jesus says, who went away justified, righteous? Now, wait a minute. Jesus just said this parable about not losing heart and said, how much more will God bring God's righteousness? It might say vindication in your translation, but it's righteousness. How much more will God bring that for the elect? And he'll do it speedily. And then Jesus tells a story about a publican who's crying out to God for mercy and Jesus says who went away justified maybe a way to make sense of this parable is to expand our notion of what it means to be vindicated and to be made righteous and just in fact you came before God almighty this morning and you confess that you are captives to sin and cannot free yourself that you've sinned against god in thought and word and deed by things done and left undone and then pastor jonathan proclaimed to you the absolution god brought you righteousness speedily he made you righteous in that word proclaimed what does faith look like faith is clinging to what god has promised in the second reading there timothy is exhorted to preach the word and you're hearing it preached now that God in Christ has speedily made you righteous. Now, yes, we live in an in-between time between already and not yet, and so there is lots of unrighteousness in our lives and in the world that will be taken care of someday. But in the meantime, I get to proclaim to you that in the faith of your baptism, you are made right. Right now, in the Word, proclaimed. It's too good to be true, I know, but what God's Word says is true. What does faith look like? It's clinging to that Word and that promise. But let's let Jacob now, that we've let the widow who pro- cries out persistently for justice, not to lose heart, um, How because what makes me lose heart is my sense of timing, but if I'll let go of that for a minute and then just let God's Word wash over me, I can hang in there and not lose heart. But what about Jacob? Do you know where Jacob is in this story? You know, just if I can try and do a quick summary or remind you, he cheated the blessing out of Isaac and stole the birthright from his brother Esau. His name means usurper," and when he was born, he was grabbing onto his brother brother's heel, and that just gets lived out and he, he gets the blessing and but Esau's so angry at him he 's going to kill him, and so he runs off to a far land won't go into all of that, but he gets married, has lots of kids, kind of cheats his father-in-law <laughs> He keeps going in this little crafty um, way of his, and yet this is the one God has chosen. Interesting. Well, he takes off, and Laban comes after him. His father-in-law comes after him, and he's, you've taken my two daughters away from me and all this stuff, and they make, a, they make good, but he's, he can't go back now. He can't go back, and he hears that, guess who's coming? Guess who's waiting for him not far away? His brother Esau, who the last time he saw him was ready to kill him. Is that what they call a rock in a hard place? And in that rock in a hard place, who shows up? A man? An angel? God? It's a little ambiguous. But there's a wrestling match. God comes, a man comes and wrestles with Jacob, and they wrestle and wrestle all night long, and none prevail. <laughs> but Jacob won't let go because he's convinced now that this just might be Almighty God in the form of a man. Hmm, that sounds familiar. And he won't let go until he's blessed. Is that what faith looks like? Clinging, holding on, God, you promised, you promised, and hanging on to that promise, that sounds, that sounds like faith. That sounds like what we do in our journey. God has made promises in the faith of our baptism. And we cling to it and we hold to it, even in the midst of so many things where we go, where are you, God, and where is your sense of timing? I don't know. But that's faith. That's staying in the breach, hanging in there, and clinging to God's promise. And it's in that clinging that something amazing happens to Jacob. God, This man, God, angel, says, what's your name? Jacob. No. No more. Your name is now Israel, and Israel is born. A new purpose for humanity is born Um, in that wrestling. And brothers and sisters in Christ, in your faith of your baptism, God has, has joined with you. You've been connected to Christ, and in that wrestling match of our will and God's will, we get a new name, child of God, inheritor of eternal life that we can hold on to our whole life. And so, yeah, that's faith, having a new name and clinging to that and holding on to it and never letting it go. But maybe even as we hold on, then now we can almost let go. There's a wonderful story I love to tell about the man walking along a path, and it was one of these switchbacks, you know cliff's going down wouldn't you know he slips on the the pebbles starts to fall off the ledge grabs on to a root grabs on to like this branch and he's just hanging there for dear life clinging and he says he just shouts out thinking hoping praying someone will come along the path is there anybody up there nothing Few more minutes go by, and he's starting to lose his strength. Is there anybody up there? You know, he's hanging on. Is anybody up there? Finally, after many times when he's just about ready to lose his grip, he hears a word, and the word comes and says, "Let go." And, of course, then he said, is there anybody else up there? (laughs) Even while we cling to the promise of our baptism, because of the promise, we can let go. You are children of God and inheritors of eternal life. Receive that promise today in the Word, in the remembrance of your baptism, and as you come to his table today. Cling to the promise and then let go and be free. Thanks be to God. Amen.